0: i've been distracted by mail time which is this cute little game where you play a i don't know what she is some kind of goblin um and you deliver mail to just people. a heads up these words and opinions are mine and my own much like Gollum and the one ring we'll attempt to keep most of this as spoiler free as possible but if you have any questions about the material in this podcast please don't hesitate to reach out to doublemoonletters letters at gmail.com thank you enjoy the podcast to the battle Mmm. and welcome to Letters from a Double Moon. My name is Nahima and thank you for your presence here tonight. Okay, well, I'd like to admit it's been a little bit longer than what it should have been. Uh, And honestly, I have nothing to say for myself except that I've been relatively uh, occupied and quite busy with work, freelance publishing, uh, and of course, uh, playing games and dreaming about um, the next kind of future installments of this podcast. So I've kind of just been in the works, organising everything and making sure that we're all and span to go for the next couple of weeks. I hope you've all been well. And in the meantime, I've been well. I've been pretty much uh, flat out, like I mentioned, but also I've been okay. Uh, and I have not finished Breath of the Wild in relation to its upcoming second sorry prequel sequel I don't know the next game that's coming out that one's coming out in Australia on May twelfth, and I have yet to even look at I don't even know where I'm at in the game but it's definitely in the beginning stages so I don't think it'll be ready for that time it's just yeah I've been distracted by mail time which is this cute little game where you play a i don't know what she is some kind of goblin um and you deliver mail to people uh and you have a little bee companion so you all know i love bees so this is the perfect game for me and yeah um i don't honestly think i've been looking at other stuff in the meantime um game wise or anything really i have been knitting a bit more um and crocheting a bit more just doing some random projects that i hope to have finished soon um yeah, but that's just me and my inane kind of chatter about my inane life. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll just move on forthwith and have a chat about the book that we're going to talk about. So I teased it in the last episode, as I usually do, as you all know, um, and this one is featuring Sherlock and bees and bees of all their little creeds and, and it's essentially a book that kind of centres around yeah this iconic character uh, in the winter of his life. So it's a very interesting take on yet another Sherlock Holmes sequel, prequel, whatever you want to call them, whether it be a young Sherlock, a Sherlock in his prime or whatever, there's always going to be people who kind of now, because Sherlock I guess is in the public domain, um, they're always going to be kind of taking this character and rolling with him in their own iconic and unique ways. Um, so this particular book is, if you haven't guessed it already, is an homage to the this great detective's life and work and is essentially um, a deeper dive into his character and into his humanity. Um, They turned it into a movie actually quite a few years ago now uh, starring the brilliant Ian McKellen as the titular character. So if you haven't guessed it already, the book that I'm going to talk about today is... A Slight Trick of the Mind by Mitch Cullen. Let's hook the book for you, shall we? Okay, so A Slight Trick of the Mind, you say. What is it about? Yeah, Sherlock Holmes is probably in his... I think he's an 80 or 90 year old at this stage. He's in the late stages of his life. um, And he essentially... Is living in the countryside in seclusion. Um, It doesn't really say where, but it's obviously somewhere in England. Um, He in this beginning parts of the book, he has just come back from a trip to Japan, where he spent trying to learn more about Japanese bees and prickly ash. And he went with a friend of his on a like a little trip around. I think it was towards. I'm not sure which direction, but I think it was like Japan round trip towards the west. So they probably went from like Honshu to Kyushu and back. I don't think they went up north because it's probably too cold for Sherlock, even though he's English, like it's freezing up in Hokkaido. Um, so yeah, probably, probably just around the southern part of Japan they went on a trip. And so he, he came back to his little cottage in England and essentially um, he spends his time kind of caring for his uh he's an aprist a keen aprist which is why he went to japan to learn about bees um he kind of developed this thing for them later in life um and he essentially has kept a beehive uh several beehives and he has a housekeeper that looks after him sadly not mrs hudson it does mention her in the book it says that she fell over and um later died in hospital But, like, early into his stay at this new place outside of London, sorry, not England, outside of London, um, he essentially has a new housekeeper and her young son, and he kind of falls head over heels for this young chap. He essentially just really wants the best for him. And there's a tragedy that occurs uh, quite late into the book, and it centres around this young boy... Um, Sherlock and the mother of the child who the housekeeper kind of just have this deep conversation um, about what happened and it is yeah it's pretty tragic um so basically with this book you move from various stages of his life um within that little circumstance so from his trip from Japan then the tragedy and then the aftermath um it's a very well written book it's very tightly written tightly wound and essentially just make sure that you just keep wanting to read more it doesn't doesn't leave you hanging kind of feeling like you don't want to continue or you just want to put the book down and stop it's very riveting it's very page turny it's very gripping and essentially it feels like you're having a more intimate glance into this character's world. He also, there's also like this deviating plot point where he thinks about one of the last cases that he ever had, or maybe it wasn't a last case, but it was a case that just stood out in his mind. Uh, no, it wasn't about Irene Adler, <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, it focuses on uh, an interesting instrument as like a conduit um, Kind of for the space um, and time and into the other world it's like a yeah it's kind of an odd pairing but it's talks about the glass harmonica which is a kind of if you look it up there's there were lots of kind of um, proclivities about it back in the day and essentially it just felt like they kind of threw this plot point in as a a red herring maybe but essentially it just talks the book kind of talks about it more in detail about the whole rumors that kind of circulate around this instrument and why it's important to the story so of course that's something that you if you do want to read this book will see for yourself but the glass harmonica and all its glory is featured heavily in the story to some degree as well good parts about this book like this book is well written so most of it is quite good but there are good like parts that stand out. So, good parts about this book would have to be uh, when Sherlock goes to Japan. So, it seems like Mitch Cullen is an author who really likes Japan. Like, he has a really deep respect for it and he kind of imbues that into his characters. Um, well, into Sherlock because he's the only one, that, like, the, like, visitor to Japan at that point in the story so it's not like anyone else goes with Sherlock which at the best of times would be quite a scary kind of uh situation um traveling by yourself and then at age 80 or 90 um you essentially have a lot more issues health-wise potentially that you need to deal with so yeah it's quite an amazing feat that Sherlock does make it to Japan first of all uh, it doesn't really say how he travels. It's probably train and boat, I would assume. Um, at that time, it is set though in around the 1940s, for uh, after World War Two. So Sherlock essentially um, has seen like two world wars, not not to mention the wars that happened when he was young. But yeah, essentially he's gone through these period of time where there's a lot of turmoil and he ends up going to Japan right after the 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 bomb hit um Hiroshima and surrounding areas and he kind of sees the damage that this uh, atrocity has done and you can really feel like the pain of the the I'm not going to call them NPCs but the uh, the other characters that aren't the main characters you feel their pain and you feel their suffering and their hunger um and it really is quite striking so one yeah one good aspect about this book is Sherlock's travel to Japan it has it resonates with a lot of reverence and a lot of um respect and a secondary aspect to this book that is quite good is um let me have a think. Sorry, my brain just decided it wanted to short out. So essentially it's the bee aspect. So I'm not going to continue on about how much I love bees. But the fact that it kind of has this interesting kind of gaze regard into the world of the the bees within Sherlock's eyes and perspective, that kind of is a really interesting uh, aspect to this book because you kind of feel like you know that Sherlock has this keen interest in them but it kind of just comes across as really um you could either come across as like introspective or you come like as a writing technique or you could just like talk about it in passing but with this one with with a slight trick of the mind mitch cullen really delves into like how sherlock likes bees where and he does include many introspective moments where he kind of talks or thinks about how interesting they are and how disciplined they are and how unique they are and it really kind of delves into that in a way that's not boring not scientific not a textbook it's yeah it's really really cool a third aspect would probably be the relationship that sherlock develops with the housekeeper and like the other people that work in and around his household it's very yeah he has like a kind of respectful relationship with his housekeeper and then with the son he kind of has this uh budding mentor kind of uh kind of relationship and by that i mean he he likes to kind of teach the boy things about how things work about the garden about the bees um about how to care for them and he even brings back a gift from japan for the boy which is like two honeybees in a jar that have been preserved like a little vial um that have been preserved and they are like gentle honeybees um that are completely different to the ones that they have in england which is quite interesting as well uh, And he kind of talks a little bit about the Aponis i think well, i don't know what they're called they're called Aponis japan Japanese I don't know sorry I'm not gonna look either because you can obviously read that for yourself um in any case I don't know Latin so don't ask me don't quote me on that one but um and then his relationship with the boy kind of develops into like a father-son almost or grandfather-son relationship and he kind of takes him to the like the young boy helps him down to the beach usually once a week and they go for a swim in the pools and the tide pools and they have a look at all the interesting rocks and shells on the beach like they have this interesting kind of loving obviously like platonic and grandfather grandson kind of relationship which is beautiful and poignant but also ultimately very fraught and sad when that tragedy happens and other aspects to this book of course would be like that running timeline a uh, concurring kind of story to do with his case that really stood out to him um in a later in his career it's essentially about a woman who has lost uh some children and she's really suffering greatly because of that and her husband kind of encourages her to learn this instrument the glass harmonica, and things kind of go a bit weird uh and a bit funky which then causes the husband to then approach Sherlock and say, hey, my wife is acting a bit strange. Could you please help me with this? He, of course, is very ham-fisted, very... um, He tramples into the situation. The husband tramples into the situation with a lot of anger and frustration because obviously he's scared for his wife that she's acting a bit quite strange uh and he thinks it's the instrument he thinks it's he keeps blaming it on things other than himself and her kind of he just wants to to fix it but he also is looking in completely the wrong direction to help what happens with that timeline is you see it in fragments throughout the peppered throughout the book and then you kind of find out what happens to this woman towards the end of the book. Um, It is again a very sad kind of story and of course Sherlock remembers it and it's a very poignant moment again when he kind of thinks back on it. Uh, There's also moments throughout the book where people apparently come to his house in the middle of nowhere in England to kind of try and see if he can solve mysteries and try and see if he can help them out with any like lost pets or lost artifacts or something. It's kind of funny that they they come to his house and he kind of says, no, this is private property, you go, I'll call the police. Uh, it's so funny. Uh, the police, the relationship he has with the police in this one is also quite cool, or um, well, interesting. And that's because he kind of has, no longer does he have that Lestrade, Sherlock kind of Bonami connection. He's quite distant from this next lot of police and he's very much, like, obviously he's law abiding, but when the tragedy happens at his place, he calls the cops. Um, and they come and deal with it. He doesn't just, you know, let them. Well, he doesn't like talk to the the head, the chief of police, I suppose you could call him. Um, he doesn't just talk to him and say, you know, come here at my every beck and call. I have all the answers. Like he doesn't do that. He has no answers at this stage. And so what happens is he has to call him in so that they can have a look at everything and figure it out. And he's very distant from the law at this point. Uh, I think is my point. So it is interesting to see Sherlock in the winter of his life. And the way that it kind of changes his relationships with people, the world, and with things in the world, like animals, um, plants, all that. And you kind of know that at this stage he's just very tired and very over it, and he just feels a little bit like his life is nearing the end. Uh, You can kind of get a sense of that, especially towards the, the closing chapters of the book and the closing lines in the very last chapter. Um, You feel like it kind of cuts short as well. So the book finishes at a nice uh, rounded ending, but it does cut it short. It doesn't obviously, it doesn't feature like Sherlock accidentally, like he dies or something. It doesn't have that. It just ends with him like contemplating, I think it's flowers or something like that. So it has a very mundane ending. And I find that also a very interesting literary device because normally you would think, With this kind of iconic character, they would actually have, like, the ending of him. But that's not what happens. And I think it really kind of goes to show that the author, he really had a deep respect for Arthur Conan Doyle. And even though Arthur Conan Doyle didn't even have a real respect for Sherlock in the end, Arthur Conan Doyle kind of really, I think he hated the character because everyone loved him so much that they even brought him back from the dead because they protested so much. And uh, that's such a funny kind of story um but Mitch Cullen Cullen, he really kind of brings to life a love for Sherlock a love for the mysteries a love for Arthur Conan Doyle's writing as many do who have gone before him and and who will continue after him um they kind of all have a deep love for this character and try to get into his mind to kind of see if they can manipulate it to the point where they can actually understand how it felt I think now is the time that we'll move on and I will take my time to say thank you to the author and kind of you know what's going to come next so be prepared for that and I will just yeah say thank you to the author and bring my hope and gratitude into the world and disperse it let me begin dear Mitch Thank you for bringing to the world the closing chapters to an iconic character. It must have been a difficult undertaking to bring about the winter years of someone so beloved in the literary world. What did it feel like to walk in the shoes of the great Conan Doyle? Was it effortless? Or did you feel like you didn't need to? How on earth did you manage to bring a charm and human quality to Sherlock Holmes when we all know he pretends to be anything but... Thank you again for bringing this book into the world. It might have been almost 20 years now since it was published, but it will certainly outlast us all to whatever end. Thank you. With an ever-loving heart, Nahima. So today's episode, we brought to you A Slight Trick of the Mind by Mitch Cullen, which was published in 2005 and features the magnanimous the wonderful maybe not wonderful but the great Sherlock Holmes uh, in the winter of his life as an old man uh, It explores his interest in Japan in bees and in life in general and it explores the people around him and the relationship that he has with them or maybe not uh, that he doesn't have with them and it kind of brings to the literary world a very unique take and Very well deserved that it got turned into a movie as well. It was a brilliant movie too. So if you ever want to see Mr. Holmes, I do recommend it. If you enjoyed today's episode, send us an email at doublemoonletters at gmail.com or leave a rating. It would be greatly appreciated. Okay, in the next episode, we'll look at a seminal author and a seminal work and just I'll leave a little tease here. Uh, The hint for the next episode will be that it is touch of magic color color magic colorful magic i'll leave that for you that's me for this episode listeners i hope you enjoyed my contribution to the world of lit podcasting until we read again stay safe out there wherever you might find yourself